otherwise on SAFM. Very good Friday to you, Mzansi, from me, Shadow Twala. You're listening to Otherwise Talking Women on ICFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My producers, Hazel Makuzeni and Lance Andrews, is driving the show for us today. Our studio number is 0892 Our email, otherwise at safm.co.za. Tweets at otherwise safm or at Shadow Twala. Now, Art Week Joburg is hosting a panel discussion regarding women about their representation of the female body in graphic practice. And one of the panelists, photographer Ayana V. Jackson, will join me on the phone in a minute or so. And then the seventh annual Drama for Life Sex, actually, festival runs from the 19th to 30th of August. And festival director Taryn Lee explains. Law expert Emma Sadler is the co-author of Don't Film Yourself Having Sex and Other Legal Advice of the Age of Social Media. We learn more about the legalities of that. And finally, we get a taste of home affairs with the Queen of Comedy, Celeste Dooley. Quite an ambitious lineup, isn't it? Uh, but first, our lunch bite for today. I've taken it from Bell Hooks. If I were really asked to define myself, I wouldn't start with race. I wouldn't start with blackness. I wouldn't start with gender. I wouldn't start with feminism. I would start with stripping down to what fundamentally informs my life, which is that I'm a seeker on the path. I think of feminism and I think of anti-racist struggles as part of it. But where I stand spiritually is steadfastly on a path about love. It's a whole new world on SABC2. Tonight, catch Denver Pokanas as he finds South Africa's gems in small towns Moilup at 7 p.m. Join Johan Stemmet on the award-winning music game show Nut for Nut at 7.30 p.m. Sutu News relay all the local and global news at 8.30 p.m. Mubango at 9 p.m. And our hit drama Khabo Sekhangwe at 9.30 p.m. It's your new world on SABC2. Follow us on Twitter or like our Facebook page to get all the updates on the changes. SASA required social grant beneficiaries to perform life certification by verifying their voice prints through calling a toll-free number monthly before payments could be released. As a caring institution, we have listened to your complaints about the process and SASA is currently reviewing this proof-of-life voice solution. Beneficiaries who use a PIN to access their grants at shops and at ATMs will still continue receiving their grants during the review period from the 1st of August 2014. Free SIM cards will no longer be issued at SASA offices. SASA, paying the right social grant to the right person at the right time and place. Njalo. The Department of Transport and the Road Accident Fund invite you to workshops on the Draft Road Accident Benefit Scheme legislation to discuss the proposed future benefit scheme for road crash victims. The workshops will be held on the 16th of August at Imbizo Conference Center in Mbangeni, 18th August at the AF Woodhalls, 359 Broom Street in Peter Marisburg, and on 19th August 2014 at Etawini Christian Center, Anton Lambede, Durban. Workshops start at 10 a.m. For more information, contact Constance Mulewa on 083-653-1923. That's 083-653-1923. First, it was the first democratic elections in 1994. The President of the Republic of South Africa, Mr. Nelson Kholishasa Mandela. 
The time for the healing of the wounds has come. The 2010 FIFA World Cup. We are proud. We are proud of Africa. The 2010 FIFA World Cup will be organized in South Africa. Then, a South African winning an Oscar. And the Oscar goes to... Charlize Theron. I'm going to thank everybody in South Africa, my home country. Our democracy did not come cheap. SFM celebrates 20 years of inspiration. Let us all reflect on how our freedom was achieved. SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Otherwise, on SAFM. Ayana V. Jackson joins me on the phone. Hello, Ayana. Hello. Hi. Does the V stand for anything? It does. It stands for Valicia. Valicia. Mm-hmm, which is my mother's name, and I figured that since I have to carry around my father's name, I may as well also carry my mother's. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> I hear an accent, uh, Ayana. Yes. Uh, did you grow up in South Africa? No, 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 I'm from the U.S. Mm-hmm, I thought so. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about this panel discussion, and that, and, and you, one of the panelists, uh, why was it important to, to, to discuss this topic, you know, the presentation of the female body in graphic practice? Well, for me, well, my research in general, or my practice as well as my research, is around like uh, illiteracy of Im- lit- like image literacy and the the act of reading imagery, and uh, the fact that when we consume an image, we are consuming a whole uh, discourse or a set of ideas. Mm-hmm. And if we consider what is happening within an image, we also can consider what we're being taught by that image. And in this case, I thought that how the woman's body is presented through imagery is worth considering and thinking um, more thoroughly about. It, can it be abused in any way? Well, or send, you know, used to send negative images? I mean, well, negative, positive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's, for me uh, in general, it's about literacy and, and all the, the kind of spaces and places that I can go. Um, but I, I recently, well, in the last 10, 10 years or so, I've become kind of obsessed with the idea of being framed. Um, and actually, it's a, uh, Gabby and Cuomo, who's a, a theorist as well as a curator, uh, once we had a conversation and she was talking about like what's happening outside of the frame and like considering the frame. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to have been framed as in like in an image being like boxed into uh, an, a scenario, but then also the idea like kind of more um, figuratively as in having been framed, having mm-hmm. been accused of something or having been associated with something that you perhaps did not sign on mm-hmm. uh, sign up for. So I think the woman's body also can, can, is, uh, has a conversation with that, and I wanted to think about it a little bit more thoroughly with some really interesting people. <laughs> I know, and, 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 you know, us who are not artists in any way, but just as, as art consumers, is what should we be reading into a, a female um, kind of presentation in, in an artistic form, especially as, as, a, as a photograph? Well, I think um, I think it's it's just a, for me it's kind of thinking about the intentionality of the or actually for me I think it's important to consider the the author. So just as we won't read a book that says something about us mm-hmm. um, without considering who wrote it, um, I think it's also the same thing in terms of imagery. And so kind of thinking about, like, who's saying it, 
mm-hmm. um, what they're saying, and, and particularly, and actually, where I'm, where I would like to go, and the reason that I'm, I was really interested in having artists like Donna um, uh, Kukama and Mary Sabanda is because it's also these people who are like claiming their own image, mm-hmm. and you know, and I'm kind of mostly interested in how women are regarding themselves using their own lens. Um, and how that can be a re- response to or a reaction to how they've been regarded through other people's lenses. And just, you know, it's, it's, so I don't know what, to, I can't say what we should be reading. Mm-hmm. I think that we should be thinking and reading, thinking about the author, thinking about the context, thinking about the, the, the moment um, in history it was made, um, these kinds of things. Now, I, I know you opening, um, you have a presentation at Gallery Momo on the 29th of, of, of Oh, no, you, you did? Is it this year? It was last year, was it? Yes, last year. Last year you had archival impulse, and I'm looking at some pictures here. Oh. Are, the, are these images of yourself? Uh, yes, I also work with my own body. Mm-hmm. I found that very interesting. Why, why, why specifically your own body? Well, I chose to work with my own body because, um, as you know, as we mentioned, I'm, I'm black U.S. American. Uh, I'm not South African. I've been living here off and on for 13 years, but I am very like aware of my individual subjectivity. But at the same time, um, I am concerned with uh, like uh, particularly how the black woman's body has been framed, or like in in the literal and figurative ways. Mm-hmm. So, but I didn't feel I felt that if I were to use another woman's body. I would be um, speaking for her or, you know, um, I would be maybe even in, in the space where sometimes those images could be violent mm-hmm. or, um, you know, I'm enacting that violence potentially on her. So I felt like if, first of all, I must take responsibility for my own ideas and secondly, it, about myself and my blackness and not be for other black women. But also I think that just in general, it's, um, I don't. I didn't want to subject another woman to the the act of being um, framed. So yeah, because you would be framing another woman and, as opposed to yourself. Now, exactly. what should we be reading? And and I, again, because I need to understand the messages. You've just explained why using your own body, but but th- there's an image I'm looking at here with with a gun in hand. Well, not in hand, but um, it's there's a gun uh, being cradled. Yeah, being cradled. Um, are you? What statement are you making there? Well, that work is actually not from archival impulse. It's from um, poverty pornography, which I, um, which is kind of, I think someone once said that um, poverty pornography is the leaves on the tree of archival impulse, mm-hmm. and it, it, it is dealing with um, kind of our addiction, uh, the seductive um, nature of images of violence. So I feel that, particularly when we think about um, war zones, um, death, disaster, disease, famine, and you know these kinds of things, Um, and 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 we look at like the world press photos of the year, we look at photojournalistic practices, we look at artistic practices that um, are particularly consumed with uh, representing violence, and 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 I think there's a seductive element to it, like we are as interested in its existence as in its eradication, and that kind of codependency is quite interesting to me so poverty pornography was about the seductive and repulsive aspect to mm-hmm. images of violence so i wanted to think about how if we imagine if we think about our own imaginary of um you know scenarios happening conflict scenarios happening anywhere in the world and particularly in africa we can all like close our eyes and see a picture of a, of a guerrilla soldier a child soldier or whatever this and that kind of image is somewhat synonymous also with the continent of Africa, but mm-hmm. also the sub, like, kind of the non-West. 
Um, and I wanted to, and I think that the woman's body, like we kind of, we, we, we love to look at the naked woman's body, but we also feel that we shouldn't, particularly if we come from a Judeo-Christian scenario. So I wanted to use the woman's body as a seductive element, the situation as a repulsive element to kind of draw attention to uh, our kind of weird relationship to these kinds of images. Now, is this discussion uh, going to have a particular focus on, on South Africa or the continent as opposed to just generally around the world? Well, actually, at this moment, all of the panelists are in the gallery downstairs. And um, we, what I really wanted, I, I, I did write a synopsis. I did say what my intentions were by calling this panel discussion together. But really, it's about having these minds get together in the same room talking about these things is very cross-disciplinary. We have a, you know, a, a political theorist, we have a curator, we have a performance artist and, two, and, and, a, and a visual artist, all kind of very cross-disciplinary, for all approaching the woman's body in very different ways. Mm. And we're going to, when I get off the phone, we're going to sit around and we're going to talk about what we have to say as me as, and Shatima Threadcraft, um, the, the, the political theorist, as non-Africans, as non-South Africans, mm-hmm. Donna and Donna Kukama, Mary Sabanda and Ntombeko, Ntombela as South Africans, um, where we where we meet and where we depart. Um, so in a way, I can't say what it's going to be about, <laughs> but I'm excited to know what it's going to be about and I'm going to start figuring it out in about five minutes. <laughs> it sounds very interesting. Um, I'd like to, to, to talk to you uh, about the findings after that and where mm. it went. Who should, who should attend? Who, who should um, come to listen? I think anyone that's interested in um, kind of, uh, gosh, I mean, any, everyone, this is the thing. It's like uh, if you're interested in art, if you're interested in social science, um, political theory, I mean, uh, the research and the findings of um, and, and the concerns of all the panelists involved are across such a broad spectrum. Um, you know, I, I also wanted to kind of say that as much as we're very much going to be considering our own subjectivity as black women's bodies. We're also considering the woman's body in general. Mm, so mm. it's not just people that are interested in the black woman's body. It's it, it, anyone interested in how the woman's body is represented. I mean, if you look at artists like Cindy Sherman or Claude Cahun, who performed as a man in, in photography in the beginning of the 20th century, I mean, I'll talk a bit about her, you know, and the white woman, white European woman. So it's kind of you know, what it means to use your own body, what it means to um, um, think about your own body to respond. So anyone interested in, like, this multiple subjectivities, um, art, social science, performance, will enjoy it. Well, fantastic. We wish you all the best. Thank, Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ayana. And I really enjoy, I love that you started with this Bell House quote. Like, you got it spot on. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad brilliant. you enjoyed that. Thank you so much. You take care now. You too. Bye-bye. Ayana V. Jackson. Well, this panel discussion regarding women takes place on Wednesday, uh, the 20th of August, between 6 and 7 o'clock. It's Art Week Joburg 2014. And, of course, if you want more information, you can visit their website, artweek.co.za. We're back after this. Otherwise, on SAFM. Now, I ask sex, actually... And it's Drama for Life Sex Actually Festival, which runs from the 19th to the 30th. And Taryn Lee, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me on the show. Tell me all about it. 
Well, we are in our seventh year mm -hmm. and the Sex Actually Festival, Heart to Heart, that's our theme, is engaging with human connection and our two-week program consists of theatre productions, medical talks and presentations, workshops and exciting community projects all around sex, relationships and HIV and AIDS. Well, that's that's a very, very private subject you're approaching there because I, I, I think a lot of people um, don't speak about their sexual activity quite openly. and But there's a, there's a very serious health issue here which is important, especially when there's HIV and AIDS involved. I think that through the creative arts, it's, it's quite a dynamic medium to be engaging this very weighted, very heavy, heavy subject matter of HIV and AIDS. Mm. And, uh, and also that, yes, indeed, sex is a private, intimate matter. What the festival is looking to do is also to extend the themes of how we relate to each other and what are our understandings of humanness and compassion, especially with regards to discriminatory issues such as stigma, um, and how perhaps through using the creative arts we can begin to dialogue about our challenges uh, around identity, about sexuality, and all within a Johannesburg and South African context. Mm. Do you know, I, I find the minute the word sex is, is, mm. is used, um, just people are taken aback, firstly, mm. but others who are not able to confront that word comfortably don't even want to be seen having, participating or, or seen as part of your audience, if you know what I'm saying. So yeah. I'm just wondering, and there's no other word for sex, to, you know, that's, that's what yes, it is. There's, there's no other synonym, it is what it is. Yeah, because then some people think, oh, it's a sex expo, it's smut, and all of those kinds yeah. of things. So how are you going to overcome that to attract the right people that you need to get through to? Well, definitely over our seven years, we've been going, we've been growing in, in breadth and size. And our main festival takes place at the Witz Theatre complex located at the University of the Witwatersrand. Mm -hmm. But also that we have a growing community projects type festival program. And so we have selected theatre productions that are tailor made for different communities and different groups in and around Johannesburg. Mm. And often the, the theatre productions or workshops are followed by facilitated discussions and dialogues whereby participants um, begin to engage and, and talk about what sex means to them. And I think as South Africans, it is a challenging subject matter and we mm. have various understandings as to what sex means to us. Um, and, and how I suppose we are challenging not only gender but also age. Mm. Mm. And, and I like the, the, the age bit because, you know, we, mm. we're not getting, we've become quite kind of uh, blasé about HIV and AIDS now. You know, there's, there's no drive. Uh, I think the awareness is being lessened because everybody seems to know about ARVs and, and condomizing and all of those kinds of things. But that's only in, 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 in a, a, the older generation, I guess, yeah. that, that was still aware. There's, there's a, a sense of, um, freedom when it comes to younger people. They're having sex earlier than everybody else. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, but also that I think are slightly careless 
and and it it won't happen to me type thing so are are we targeting those younger people i mean i think there's the the kids as young as 12 are having sex these days so how are we engaging them and bringing them to 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 participate at, at drama for life sex actually festival we have a very exciting uh, community day program at the main festival at the theatre complex on Saturday the 30th of August and that's in the afternoon and, and we have various theatre productions that are catered not only for adults but also for teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, Sex that is transactionary, for example, there is a theatre piece, uh, Me, Myself and Somewhere to Hide, that, mm-hmm. that is looking at this this theme that we know exists but are not always very comfortable to talk about mm. um, and how younger ages are engaging in sexual practices and how perhaps parents can also take an active role in the, the dialogue with their children surrounding these challenging issues. Um, we also have pregnancy, teen pregnancy programs that will be going to schools. Um, one in particular is led by Dr. Kelly Spencer from the Vitz Medical School. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and in addition, we have other workshops that are going to school spaces. So it is quite important that we are also engaging the, the secondary, uh, secondary school learners. Mm-hmm. I like the heart-to-heart bit, you know, because the, the best mm. thing to take out of all of this is for people to talk honestly about the, the you know about, about sex and and to talk about especially parents and children um and and peers you know just yeah. empower people to be able to have a, a a conversation and an honest conversation around their sexual activities and and sex itself yeah i think what's very exciting about this festival is yes we are engaging the applied arts and the creative art modalities, but also that I've invited medical practitioners to talk and provide very practical uh, reproductive health information to public and to community sites. Um, we have, for example, Dr. Ryan Blumenthal on Wednesday the 27th giving a talk around drug-assisted sexual abuse. Mm. So very plainly speaking, that is date-rape drugs. And this is also another area that is very much part of our of our present of our teenagers present um, of young adults going out to parties and and knowing somebody who's been a victim to this if mm-hmm. not somebody else then themselves or it's a very hard pill to swallow but it, it, it exists well Taryn we wish you all the best and uh, dramaforlife.co.za is the website where people can get more info huh? That's it. And tickets are available on webtickets.coza and they start from as little as 10 rand and 40 rand online and at the door 50 rand. But we have free lunchtime shows and some lovely double bill specials that, that the public can take advantage of. Our program is available online at dramaforlife.coza. Fantastic. All the best then. Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you. Take care. Otherwise... On SAFM. Emma Sadler is the co-author of Don't Film Yourself Having Sex and Other Legal Advice for the Age of Social Media. She joins me now on the phone. We learn more from her uh, about the legalities, especially. Emma, thank you so much for your time. 
Well, thank you for having me, Shadow. It's lovely to be on. Listen, I I'm, I haven't even read the book. I just saw the the, the press release, and I thought, oh, we have to talk about this because <laughs> we're seeing more. And I don't know how many people I've had to unfollow because of the images they've posted of, the, of themselves on Twitter. Now, what, why is it is that legal or not legal if you do it yourself? Well, if you do it yourself, it's legal unless you're under the age of 18. But there are irreparable reputational risks mm. um, when you start taking pictures of yourself naked, when you start filming yourself having sex. I deal in my professional life with a lot of victims of revenge porn, people who've been in relationships who think it's a good idea to film themselves having sex and then sometimes for malicious reasons, sometimes just because that content lands up in the wrong hands, mm. that content lands up online. And I've actually, um, I feel very, very sorry for victims. There's a lot of victim blaming that goes on. You know, people who say that you should never take this kind of uh, picture, you should never video this kind of content. Mm. But the law really does fail victims of, um, of revenge porn. You know, I've had three clients in the last year who've literally had to change their names because it's wow. the only way that they can escape this content online. Um, so I, I really do advocate prevention rather than cure because mm -hmm. there are no really uh, no real cures to victims of revenge porn. But the book is really just a codification of all the issues that I deal with on social media, all the legal issues. So um, we talk about defamation, we talk about privacy infringements, we talk about intellectual property, we talk about things like dating online, how to stay safe online, how to keep your personal information safe. What happens to your accounts on social media after you die? Um, what you does happen, actually? What does happen? Because I have a friend who passed on yeah. some years ago, and the the Facebook uh, thing is still on. Yeah, and, and it, it's it's a fascinating thing that I mean, I'm thinking of the case of Riva Steenkamp, who still has a full Instagram profile. Her Twitter account still exists. Um, and you can go and see all of that content. Mm. I've also got friends on Facebook who died, and their Facebook pages really sort of become the modern-day gravestone, mm. if you will. You know, mm. you still get a notification that there's uh, that it's their birthday, and then people sort of write this stuff on their wall uh, when they're missing them. And, mm. you know, that's okay, but maybe some people don't want that. Maybe some family members of deceased people don't want that. So um, you have to make provision for it. <laughs> and, you know, also, gone are the days of inheriting a shoebox of photographs and letters mm. from your granny when she dies because all of our content is now online. So if you want your um, relatives, your family members to be able to access that content, you really do need to make provision. You know, I can't remember the last time I printed a photograph because everything yeah, kind of, you know, all the good stuff goes online. True. So an, an immediate family member can ask a company like Facebook to either memorialize the account, which means that uh, you don't get a notification for the birthday, you can't, um, you can't write on the wall, mm -hmm. but the content remains. But an immediate family member can also ask Facebook to delete the account totally. Um, but then, of course, you lose all that wonderful data that that person would have created during mm -hmm. their lifetime. So mm -hmm. it is just something to consider. The defamation, because that's a very tricky one. Where, do you, where does it begin and where does it end? Because people feel if you are on a, on a, on a social media site, you're, you're free game. You know, mm -hmm. you, you, mm -hmm. you, you've given yourself permission, you've given everyone permission to go at you. Yeah, and uh, that's not true at all. We've seen more and more defamation cases um, in the South African high courts primarily. Uh, the law is that you can't hurt the reputation of another person unless you have a defense. 
Um, and it's a difficult thing to try and balance because, of course, we all have the right to freedom of expression um, and we all have the rights to privacy, the rights to dignity. Mm. And balancing those competing rights can be quite a tricky exercise, even for people like you, Shada, who are in the profession mm. of producing content, of talking publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that there are laws. You know that there are things that you can say and that there are things that you can't say. But what we've done with this whole digital revolution is that we've said to every single person with an internet connection that they have instant access to this international public sometimes permanent platform Mm. and that can be quite dangerous because it is complicated where do we draw the line between reputation and freedom of expression Mm. you know that's tricky that's why cases land up in court when can you say something defamatory about a person or about a company Um, and I think that there's a desperate ignorance amongst social media users that there are any laws which apply never mind what those laws are Um, so we've seen a lot of movement in defamation and privacy but a lot I'd say most of the legal development we've seen is in the area of employment law when can people get fired because of what they say online Mm -hmm. and that's actually to be frank with you is probably the most likely legal consequence of getting it wrong on Facebook on Twitter on Instagram on YouTube now, what's my recourse if somebody who's using a, a non-existent name or a pseudonym or whatever mm. it is they use and, and uh, posts a defamatory uh, statement mm. and then it's deleted in a few days and you've yeah. got it? Is, is there any way of tracing that Yes, there are, there are often ways of tracing. It's very difficult to be truly anonymous online. Um, there are legal ways. So you could get a court order against Facebook or against Twitter to hand over the identifying information that they have on a particular user. Mm -hmm. Because remember, even if I create a fake email address to set up a fake account, um, I'm still going to be assigned an IP address, which is an internet protocol address, which is really Ah. just a fancy word for what is effectively your ID book when Mm -hmm. you go online. Mm -hmm. And you can always trace um, where that particular um, account was created from Mm -hmm. the actual device. So was it from a cell phone Um, at this particular spot or was it at a computer which is in this particular room Um, so so there are those legal ways there are technical ways where the computer forensic guys um, can try and identify who's behind a fake account and then there are very practical ways one of my favorite examples was um, a professional boxer in England whose Mm -hmm. name was Curtis Woodhouse and he was receiving all these terrible threatening harassing menacing tweets from um, a guy a sort of a troll as it were and he sent out a tweet to his followers saying, I'll give a thousand pounds to anybody that provides me with the address and picture of this man. Knock, knock. And within about a minute, he had his address and he had his full name. Um, <laughs> because often people know who you are. Now, I mean, it's a wonderful example because it also illustrates another big problem that we see on social media. And that is that people are prepared to say and do things online that they would never say in the real mm-hmm. world. You know, what are the chances that this troll would say to the face of uh, Curtis Woodhouse, the professional boxer, who, you know, punches people <laughs> in the face for a living, um, that he was all these terrible things that he was saying to him on Twitter because people feel like they can be anonymous online. So we talk about a lot of those practical, um, those practical realities of how people are using social media. We do a lot of work with the children um, on cyberbullying, on harassment, on how to stay safe, sure. um, how to look after your reputation because... 
we've all kind of become celebrities in the digital age. I know. So, um, you know, there's a reputation, there's a digital footprint, your online CV, which precedes you everywhere you go. Um, Emma, you know, I'm going to read the book. I'm going to get the book and read it. And I'm, I'm sure there's lots of other questions that are going to come out after <laughs> I read them. And congratulations to you and Tamson. Thank you very and much. And as soon as I've read the book, we're going to talk again. But thank you. It's available at all good bookstores, I take it. It is. From the 1st of September, it's available for pre-order now from all the big exclusive books um, and from all other good bookstores. And But it'll be on the shelves on the 1st of September. I'll take you to riding horses this weekend. <laughs> it's probably the last couple of weekends I've got to ride horses before the book comes out. Um, so I think I'll take the opportunity. Fantastic. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you very much. Enjoy your weekend. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Emma Sadler and Tamsin De Beer wrote this book, Don't Film Your Sex, Yourself Having Sex and Other Legal Advice for the Age of Social Media. And they are qualified uh, legal experts. Um, it's published by Penguin Books. And... Um, as she says, you can pre-order. Taking a little break, coming back and getting a bit of a laugh from the Queen of Comedy. PSL presents the MTNH semi-final weekend matches. Wafa Wafa! On Saturday, catch defending champions Platinum Stars as they take on Kaiser Chiefs at the Royal Mafuking Stadium at 8.15pm. On Sunday, Bitvest Bits welcomes Orlando Pirates at the Bitvest Stadium. Kickoff is at 3pm. Tickets available from CompuTicket at 40 Rand and 80 Rand. Brought to you by the Premier Soccer League. Join me, WWF Sassy Ambassador Hayden Quinn, as I discover Nisner, the gem of the garden route. I glide through the treetops of the Tsitsikama Forest on a canopy tour and visit the local estuary to learn how it's being preserved. As for the food, I help local bakers create a lacquer breakfast wrap and show you my take on dishing up the freshest oysters. All this and more this Monday night, 9.30pm, SABC3. The Department of Transport and the Road Accident Fund invite you to workshops on the Draft Road Accident Benefits Scheme legislation to discuss the proposed future benefit scheme for road crash victims. The workshops will be held on the 16th of August at Imbizo Conference Center in Mpangeni, 18th August at AF Woodhall, 539 Boom Street in Peter Maritzburg, and on 19th August 2014 at Etewini Christian Center, Anton Lambede, in Durban. The workshop starts at 10 a.m. For more info, contact Constance Mulewa on 083-653-1923. The number again is 083-653-1923. Otherwise, on SAFM. Queen of Comedy, hello, welcome Celeste Dooley to Otherwise. Hello, Cheryl, how are you? I'm fine. Girl, you're breaking into the national platform now. Hey, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's the first question you're going to ask me. When are you coming to Cape Town? Well, exactly. You, you, you... I, I even, you know, the saddest thing is, I even had, I've never even had a chance to do a club gig in Cape Town. That's not bad. No, listen. We, we, hopefully, hopefully, I will do soon. We must <laughs> fix this. We must fix this because you, you, you no yeah. longer. You're a national citizen now. You're not just a KZN girl. Yes, yes, I know, I know, coast to coast, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you must represent. It's Women's Month, you know, so you've got to be yes. doing your thing across, across the 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 country. But what is what what is uh, Home Affairs about? 
Home affairs, as as the title says, I just want to talk about stuff that we do as South Africans. <laughs> Typical ones that are not the same. Some some of them you just laugh at. Some of them you like. It's something that we need to look at and change if we can. Uh, because I believe some of the things we still do them backwards, and <laughs> you know. But uh, it's just that, and obviously the way we. My favorite topic: relationships. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like even there's everything goes back to the basic point that everyone wants to be loved and accepted. So if if people can't give each other that, then it's a problem, even in a political setting. <laughs> But no, you don't actually. That's why I want you to give me an example of what you're talking about. What are these things that we do as South Africans that you think maybe we shouldn't be doing or we should do less of? Like every time, the the big one, we love weddings, right? But the way we do weddings, there's always things that are are so-called culture and rules. But when you like kind of question them, Truly, even the, the, the parents, our parents and our elders don't really know, like, why if there's a lobola situation, a woman is not involved. <laughs> just to, just because, listen, there's someone talking on your behalf, really weighing your worth, whether you're worth 50,000 or 40,000. At least you must have a say to say, you know, can I, can I say this for myself? I know I've got two kids, but uh, I still can cook, and, you know. <laughs> Just throw it in there for you. Oh, you're <laughs> so going that, to you're going to rattle some feathers there, I think. I, <laughs> but it's a question to be asked. I mean, it's money. I asked my mom. Oh God, I know uh, my family's gonna kill me for this. But I asked my mom because we ate in my house, and I asked how how much was it, were you paid for the bola? And then it made sense. It was forty bucks. I was like, what? <laughs> wow. So financially, I mean, all of us now we want to be financially free. Let's look into these things and see if maybe, if maybe we can make sense of it in in, in, a, in a nowadays financial status, if, I, if you will. Sweetie, twenty third of August at the Lyric Theatre. Yes, at the Lyric Theatre, the twenty third of August, and I'm celebrating my birthday Monday, the twenty fifth. So oh, fantastic! Wonderful for me, and the first time doing a show in Johannesburg. Soon it will be Cape Town. Definitely, I'm working on that one. I'm not talking uh, to you again until you come to Cape Town. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's, so, there's, uh, there's pressure. I those <laughs> <laughs> There's pressure. And, and then the following week, it will be Durban, the 29th and 30th of August. 29th, 30th in Durban. And at Playhouse. At, at the Playhouse. Playhouse. And, and all, the comput- all the tickets are open at Computer Tickets. People can buy both Durban and Johannesburg. They've been open. All the best, darling, and I hope you get full house. Thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. And and I, 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 I would like to challenge me to your word, definitely. Okay. All right. <laughs> See you in Cape Town. Thank you. Take care. <laughs> Queen of Comedy, uh, Celestine Dooley. 23rd of August at the Theatre. Um, and uh, at, on 29th and 30th at the Playhouse in Durban. Go out there and have a laugh. It's called Home Affairs.